everyone, I'm Rosanna, and this is AFL Obsessed. It's been another crazy weekend into the week, and I gotta say, it's been hard these last few rounds since there are so many games that are stacked kind of back-to-back and simultaneously. It's been hard to watch them all live. I definitely have to split up the viewing sometimes, and it's hard to make those calls because... I just want to see everything live if I can. I know we're all kind of forced to pick and choose too, so maybe you feel my pain. But I had previously done the setup with like a game on the TV and another on my laptop. But I really just want to focus on each team's coaching strategies and specific player development, especially when there's some experimentation with positions. I know we're exploring that quite a bit this year, even with my own team. So it's really hard to assess that when you have that divided attention. So I'm all for the Thursday night games coming back in round 13, if even just to spread out the watch, if that makes sense. But just when you think this is going to be the most predictable weekend of games, I mean, footy takes you for a ride. And that's why we're all here, I feel. It never goes the way you think it will. And that's why we love it. But we'll get into all of that shortly. So over the weekend, Andrew and I had brunch at one of our favorite Aussie chain cafes here called Hole in the Wall. And it really just makes me feel like I'm back in Melbourne because it's such a destination food city for me with great coffee and food. And, you know, I've really missed that kind of brunching culture here in the city. And in the evening, um, I think this was Saturday, we went to a New York institution called the Dead Rabbit. They just really are known for their hospitality and creative cocktails and the sawdust on the floor. (laughs) It's part of their whole theme. It's really immersive. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it was a really fun time. And it was just one of those things where I'm just so happy to be back. (laughs) I know I say that probably in every episode. And on a different note, too, it was exciting to finally get my Essendon membership kit on Monday. So we've been traveling the last few months, as you guys know, and the package went to our P.O. box that we've had since we were away from the city, and then everything had to be forwarded from there. So it was really great to finally get my scarf and membership card. I might have to wear the scarf in future recordings just because it makes me so happy. So if you saw that on my Insta stories, and I do have that international membership. I know we've talked about it, but... That's how I have access to watch AFL and I can watch all of the games and the matches in real time if I want, but also following and I can watch a whole host of footy shows, but most importantly to support my team too, even though, you know, even if I happen to be over 10,000 miles away from the team. And I do have to say too, there's been a noticeable difference with just truck at the helm of our team, even from my membership last year. I've noticed there's regular correspondence that I'm getting from the club, almost daily emails, really. And it really just kind of makes you feel like you're a part of the team and really getting a sense and feel of what the games are like on weekends. And then on Tuesday, Andrew and I went to the Nets playoff game too, which was really amazing and indescribable to just be able to go to a sports game live again. We haven't had that luxury here with closed games and kind of being locked down in 2020. So it was a really exciting, 
it just it was just an exciting evening. I think I'm still smiling from it. I really love seeing the Nets and getting to go to Barclays Center. And they did a really great job, I think, due to COVID. They opened the doors early, so you had more than enough time to just get out there and maybe grab some food if you wanted. It was sold out again. And we were sitting in the vaccinated section, so we didn't actually have to rock the mask when we were seated. And I think the Nets reached 83.3% or something around there of normal capacity. So that was really exciting. I think they allowed over 14,000 fans back into the Barclays Center. And I have to admit, one of my favorite things about footy games actually is that they'll post these stats that I'm talking about directly on the screens during the game. Because I kind of feel like when I go to, Ameri- like not American games, but when I go to games here, sometimes I just have to check afterwards for those stats or just read about it. And there were limited options for food, just so everyone knows, but that was as expected. I feel like during the game, anyone who was in line was literally just watching the game from the line. And you know, I'm an AFL girl, but it was still great to see like Kyrie and Kevin Durant and James Harden and Joe Harris and Blake Griffin. I love Nick Claxton. You know, DeAndre was there too. So we were in the nosebleeds, not at the very, very top, but you know, pretty high up. And I just wanted to be in the room (laughs) where it all happens. But our view is still kind of better than I expected it to be. So I I think I'm just going to have to put all those vids on Insta stories today because I don't think I've done that yet. But honestly, I feel like I always support sports teams that seesaw their entire way through the games. And they also come with like a series or a side of like cardiac events. So it was nice to have kind of like a comfortable lead early on for once. I mean, you guys know how I feel about the team, but it was just such a fun atmosphere to be able to be with other people who love the team and just kind of as we baby step our way back into normal life or just kind of doing the things we love. But let's get to it and dive into the opening overture of my overall thoughts on the week and where we're at now. There has been a lot of changing info coming from Australia. I would say, especially in the last 48 hours about COVID outbreaks and positive COVID cases. So there was an outbreak in Victoria. So Melbourne has now been hit with restrictions and has just rolled into another lockdown. I want to say their fifth lockdown for a snap seven days following new cases. I think it initially started with the discovery of a family having COVID and then four additional cases. I think they were up to nine at one point. I'm not really sure where the numbers stand as of this moment, but there were also different positive cases that attended both the MCG and Marvel Stadium games on the weekends. So it's starting to feel like the footy season I don't want to say is going to be compromised again because I don't want to put that energy out there. But hub life is constantly, I feel, looming over our heads. And it's just really devastating, I know, for everyone out there who has planned their life events during this time and has been trying to kind of move forward. So if anyone had their weddings planned or, I mean, maybe even funerals, unfortunately, all of that is getting nixed. So Victorian Games will have no crowds this weekend. And I think the big blockbuster game on Friday at Marvel is just definitely hinging on like returning negative tests from both the Doggies and the D's teams. And there could be further changes to the schedule before the games actually start. 
And I believe New Zealand has also shut their border bubble to Victoria just for a snap three-day lockdown. So, I mean, what's happening with restrictions where we're at? I hope you're all doing okay. I mean, I'm thinking about all of my Victorian friends. You guys know I'm here for you. Um, My email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail if you need someone to talk to, if you just want to share what you're going through. And aflobsessed on Twitter, too, if you want to chat. Now let's get to footy and on to act one with AFL headlines and highlights from the weekend. And now, then the clean hands, Rory Sloan, huge. I mean, this is 16 points of only five minutes ago. Walker, Fogarty Walker. This is enormous. How's that for strength of mind and purpose? Look at the clearance, all important clearance. Taylor Walker puts them up by one. There's 40 precious seconds to see out. And Petrarca, the star, gets it deep. Pickett, almost. Spargo, Murray, he goes towards the line. What's the call? What's the call? Oh! That has to be deliberate, doesn't it? It's unbelievable. It's a 10-metre handball over the boundary line. So if you want to know what I'm thinking during a game, the commentators were reading my mind. It was like an echo chamber in my living room. So, okay, let's break down just the biggest blow up from the weekend. So the top team of the season, Melbourne, lost the game by one point. And that call for deliberate could have changed everything, including the result in kind of like the dying seconds of the game. So again, just my previous plea for like a challenge implementation or procedure or any kind of like challenge power during games. I just want to insert that back here because you guys know how I feel about, especially if it's the determinant of a game and maybe it's just something that you roll out for the last two minutes or within the last two minutes of a game, we can kind of bring that out or call that into play. But You know, if I'm a D's fan, I may be convinced till the sun goes down that that game was ours, you know, and the deliberate non-call like directly affected us not getting another win and kind of having an undefeated season. But, you know, on the flip side, you know, I'm happy for the Crows. It was honestly such a great game. It had all the drama that I wanted. And those last few minutes, um, you know, It's one of those moments where I feel like I'm just going to lose like every nail that I have because you're just kind of like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And yeah, one point loss for the latter leaders of the season thus far makes them drop down to the number two spot just because of that happening. And speaking of the team that's on top now, just moving on to the Bulldogs after that kind of shock loss, the Bulldogs gave the Saints a pounding. With a final score of 144 to 33, I mean, you know, Saints, what's up? Like, I know that you're kind of maybe feeling some woes. You're in a world of hurt right now that, believe me, I am familiar with. I've been there quite a bit these last few seasons. And but honestly, I don't even know what that score is. You know, there's no reason to lose by that much, like 111 points. So now there's a lot of discussion about effort here and just showing up and also consistency because I'll have a really great week and then the next week kind of have a really bad like pendulum loss. So, I mean, I've always believed that you're only as strong as your weakest link. And I think this completely applies to footy and like your best 22. So 
I got faith in Ratton. Like, I think the leadership group maybe has some things to work on to get maybe the culture where it needs to be. Um, and I mean, what are the leadership player group, like the leadership group players doing at this point to kind of refocus? And I understand some of their more senior players like Patty Ryder recently had to leave. And I understand his reasons for doing so. But I just feel like the timing never seems to kind of align. So, you know, they have the benefit of playing North this weekend. So I have no doubt that they're going to go marching into that game. I think just what everyone is asking for is that consistency and effort. And I know watching the game, too, it felt like a previous Essendon game. We don't have to relive it. But there was a game where we were playing so poorly that the opposition team literally cheered when we got a goal. And that is one of those things where I just felt so bad. And I feel like that was kind of a similar thing for the Saints on the weekend. Some other surprises too. Frio beat Sydney by two points, even though Buddy came out and just had one of those, like, I want to say like it's like lightning and thunder and just all those elements of just really great goal kicking. I really want him to get it to a thousand. I think he just really showed up for his team. But again, Nat Fife Appreciation Podcast, you guys know how I feel about both teams and specifically both players. Another great game. And Port only beat Collingwood by one point. So that was just another surprise. And the Giants beat West Coast by 16 points. So again, being an Essendon member, you know, I feel like we're right in the middle. So we're not really being discussed as much because, you know, we're not at the very bottom and doing really poorly, but we're also not kind of going out and smashing it, even though I think there is a lot to look forward to. I really love, as I've said, just our young guns and our rookies. And honestly, get Nick Cox's rising star not already, like for reals. I'm sorry. I just, I feel like we just need to address the fact that that hasn't happened. And then, you know, I think it's overdue and then maybe I can move on from that. But what did you guys think about the games? I mean, there was just so much going on over the weekend. I know there's a lot to look forward to in this round, too. I would love to know your thoughts if you want to share. Okay, it's intermission. So just quickly during this time, let's just cut away to other sports. And really, the only thing that I'm still smiling about is both the Nets and the Knicks won their game two in their playoff Game, So we're kind of moving on to game three, and I'm just really looking forward to what's going to happen, particularly with the Eastern Conference. <laughs> and that's really it. And now we're on to act two, where we have discussions about relevant footy topics and issues. And there was an article in the Herald Sun that I don't know if you guys saw written both by Jessica Halloran and Claire Harvey. And this was just something that came across my timeline that I was really, I have to say, just was so kind of taken aback to see. And the title was just revealed, AFL uses payouts to hush women's bullying claims. So there was an investigation recently. And again, I don't know how recently it wasn't exactly time stamped with that kind of like chronological info, but it was revealed that the AFL has consistently been using payouts to and confidentiality deals, I guess, to prevent staff 
who have complained of assault, sexual assault, and bullying from basically disparaging the billion-dollar code. And just in the last nine years or so, from what I understand, so just shy of a decade, you know, 14 people have come forward, including one man, and I think they've all been given either payouts or were asked or forced to kind of sign an NDA. One employee in 2020 um, was almost like bullied to kind of just make her claims go away, which was really surprising because that's, you know, just it feels like yesterday, really. So there's been bullying and poor behavior or harassment claims. And I guess 11 of the individuals who came forward did sign confidentiality agreements. And I think the eight cases that involved the payouts totaled more than 760 k with, I think the individual payments were like 17000 to like more than 200000 So there's a graphic in the article that kind of details the list of people and events and kind of what happened. So it'll say like, you know, woman A, woman B, woman C, that kind of thing. I'm not going to get all into it if you want to just kind of read they're also not in chronological or sequential order. They've just kind of listed what has happened. Okay, and I think just the most alarming or one of the most alarming, honestly, complaints was that a front office worker at Frio complained about sexual harassment by the coach at the time, so Ross Lyon, and that actually was confirmed by the AFL Integrity Unit. And I mean, I know that we've joked before that they never find anything, but they actually did in this case, and then we never heard about it. So that was kind of surprising. I guess the front office worker did take a payout at that point and was, you know, also had signed a confidentiality agreement. So there is a pick also of kind of a contractual non-disparagement clause, I guess. And I get that, you know, exit procedures for companies do include in their termination paperwork sometimes just things along these lines. But I think it was just really surprising that this has been consistently happening right under our nose. None of us have heard about it. I think we've all just, I wouldn't say assumed, but we've all kind of just been operating like, you know, this doesn't really happen in the AFL or maybe it's just very different from other sporting codes and also sport in general because they don't actually have to deal with these things. And There has been an official statement coming from the top that any event or complaint or incident is absolutely taken seriously and under no circumstances have they ignored or really been dismissive of any kind of formal complaint or that they've even tried to silence people. But I think that this report, you know, I just don't want to gloss over kind of what's being presented. I think this is a very serious issue and I think that I'm interested in more information about it. Hopefully, you know, they'll be revealing more over time. Um, I think that it's just one of those things where I'm deeply, deeply like, I, I don't want to say upset, but it is just really upsetting that, you know, this is something that's only just now coming to light if it's been happening for the better part of a decade. And I really do think that I know that there's a do better campaign for Collingwood, but I do think that that kind of just overall kind of is a statement for the entire AFL. And I really do think that 
NDAs of this type really, I mean, this is honestly the reason why we're not hearing about it. So I really think that, well, I hope, I guess it's my hope that in the future we'll hear more about these things um, and they aren't being resolved in that way for maybe even like a cover up or I think they mentioned in the article that some of the people that were complained about just would immediately resign or weren't part of, you know, the teams anymore. But you really just have to wonder about if like a coach complaint is coming forward, et cetera, how we're going to continue to handle these cases. And just in follow-up to our discussion last week and my many, many cues about just appointing board members to AFL club boards, I think I didn't even mention the individual's name last week um, who was newly appointed to the Collingwood board because I really just kind of wanted to give her the respect of focusing on the process and maybe what had been going on there and how you know, she was installed and appointed in the position. So it was really kind of more about the procedural aspect. But just in follow-up, because as I said, I was really interested in whether or not specifically you could support a different team per se and then jump in their board of directors for like another team. So you could have supported another team like, you know, your entire life or maybe however long and then ultimately kind of joining the board and maybe how important that is to you or the team and also to the board and to the team's future. So Dorothy Hisgrove, who is a former AFL general manager of people, customer and community, was newly appointed to the Essendon board of directors. And she is filling the position that was left by Lindsay Tanner, the previous um, president for the club. And Paul Brasher, um, you know, Essendon's club president, did welcome her. And all of the members, because I know this because I got an email, you know, got an email that was just very clear cut explaining about how recently there's just been all of this external discussion regarding the support of teams from AFL directors. And just for the sake of clarity, the team wanted to be really transparent about the fact that Dorothy was very open from the beginning in the process that she has previously supported Collingwood, you know, and we have no issue with this as a club. And in fact, the board kind of just views this is like a potential advantage because she's kind of bringing a diversity of perspective that's different to all the other board members who have just been lifelong passionate Essendon supporters. So, you know, what she'll have in common with her fellow board members is just like that total commitment to Essendon success. So I think that's all Collingwood really needed to do. And you know, I think that that was a really great way to just kind of let everyone know this is kind of what's going on. And maybe it does kind of in a way indirectly answer my question about whether or not you could support another team, whether or not it's happened before. And just kind of, I'm really curious about whether or not this has been the case for other clubs. And I'm going to look into it more just because you guys know how I am with research and wanting to find all kinds of like answers to my own rhetoricals and whatnot. But I thought that was just like a really, you know, great way to just let everyone know what's happening. And so that even the members can kind of be in the know about what's going on at their club. 
And now it's the after show where I just want to thank all of you again for listening and for being part of this really fun, wonderful, crazy, I don't want to say magical, but it's just been a really overwhelmingly positive and exceptional experience for me to just be able to share my feelings about footy and the community and everything that I just really find about what happens on and off the field. So I just wanted to, again, give my heartfelt thanks for you all tuning in weekly and just also communicating. So we actually hit over 15,000 downloads. And I think this happened about a week and a half ago. So I just meant to mention that previously. And again, I just want to thank you all for kind of being on this journey with me. It's been so much fun. And I really hope that you'll hang out and stick around because I feel like there's so many more places that we kind of have to explore. And it's just going to be a really fun adventure. So thank you guys so much. So that's it for me. Thanks again for listening and rating and subscribing again, everyone. I'm so grateful for you. Thanks for hanging around for the show. Stay safe and healthy. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like we have with footy. I'm virtually hugging you and we'll talk footy soon. Bye.